Oh. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Oh, good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Shine. 
עטרת בעלה, גם ברינה.
<coughs> excuse me, JM in the AM. Good morning and welcome to a Friday, everybody. It's Erev Shabbos here on a JM in the AM um, uh, broadcast. Ah, just going through all my Sukkot list <laughs> to make sure I'm getting done what I need to get done, my gosh. Um, hope you're doing well on this uh, Friday between Yom Kippur and the holiday of Sukkot. Uh, welcome to a JMAM Friday for this October the 14th, day 12 in the month of Tishrei. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Hazinu with candle lighting time at 5.57 on this Erev Shabbos. 5.57, your official candle lighting time. Yeah, before 6 o'clock. Imagine that. Boy, oh boy. Uh, Sukkis is Sunday night, which means Amatis will host JM Sunday on Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And then we'll break and uh, literally get back on on Wednesday, Chol Hamoid. Wednesday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time, Chol Hamoid. That is when we will pick up our uh, JM in the AM broadcast. So make sure to be tuned in for Amatis. We'll get you ready for the holiday of Sukkis on uh, Sunday. And then uh, tune in on Wednesday when our live programming continues at jmdm.org and on the NSN app. I want to thank those who are commenting on the app. You never know when you're going to get a flurry of comments on the app, and we've had a nice flurry overnight. So thanks to those who are commenting on the app. It's much appreciated. Many I know, many of you I know already have seen the video of Lipa in Yiddish describing how to install the NSN app, uh, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Over 2,500 people have already, uh, oh, excuse me, over 1,100 people have already seen the video. 2,500 have uh, have noticed the post. Uh, if you want to uh, see it, just go to the Nahum Single Network page. You'll see the two uh, top, uh, the two top, um, the two top posts, thank you, have to do with the uh, Nahum Single Network app. And uh, you'll see that over there. So there you have it. Uh, 48 degrees outside with sunshine and a high of 65. Tonight, clear skies, a low 46. Tomorrow, sunshine, a high 66. Looks like good weather for Sukkot, thank God. Yerushalayim is at 86. We're at 48 here as we wake up on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Um, music we've been playing. You heard uh, David Lowy with Kihem Chayenu. Gavriel Tumbach had Moda'ani. Yaakov Shweki, Baruch Levine, and Eitan Katz with their versions of Bowie Vishalom. And, of course, Regesh, Moda'ani opening things up. And we say good morning. 25 minutes before 7 o'clock. It's JM in the AM. We'll continue with plenty more. And uh, don't forget, Kedem presents our amazing Erev Shabbos music mix. That's going to be happening all day long starting at 10 a.m. Um, make sure to be tuned in. We have an incredible Erev Shabbos, Erev Yom Tov music mix today and, uh, of course, Sunday as well. So make sure to be tuned in for that. And, uh, of course, our regular schedule all through the weekend until we get to a Sunday night and the holiday of Sukkot. All right, JM and the AM at 25 minutes before the hour, we continue with the great Ben-Sion Schenker. Thank you. 
پر خو Oh, man. 
Yakim, Yakim Lanu, Esukas David Hano Fales, Harachaman Hu Yakim, Yakim Lanu, Esukas David Hano Fales, Harachaman Hu Yakim Lanu, Esukas David Hano Fales. What a beautiful sukkah! Such beautiful decorations and the stars shining above the sky. We take the lulav and esrog and wave in all directions, back and forth, right and left, and up and down, to show that Hashem watches over us wherever we are. Rahman, who yakim lanu, esuk has David, Hanafales. Rahman, who yakim lanu, esuk has David, Hanafales. Did you ever shake a lulav, a lulav, a lulav? Did you ever shake a lulav on a soap's day? Upwards and downwards and sidewards and backwards. Did you ever shake a lulav on a soap's day? Did you ever shake a lulav, a lulav, a lulav? Did you ever shake a lulav on a soap's day? Upwards and downwards and forwards and backwards. Did you ever shake a lulav on a Simchas Torah, 
It's time to dance. Wave your flags and raise your voices as we sing and rejoice that Hashem gave us the best present anyone could ever have, our precious Torah. Everyone, let's dance!
Shabbos, J.M. in the A.M. with Cole Salonica, Kari Bonolom, before that, Baruch Kel Elyon. Uh, you heard the um, Yes Legacy, Sukkot in Jerusalem, done by Soul Farm. Uncle Maishi's Sukkot Medley, Yitzaved, done by Ben Sion Schenker, and Droy Yikra as well. It's Friday. It's Erev Shabbos. For us, it's almost Erev Sukkot as well. Matis will do an Erev Sukkot show coming up on Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time with J.M. Sunday. We're back Wednesday, first day, Cholomoid. A lot of Cholomoid events to talk about. We'll get to that in the third hour this morning after an abridged version of our weekly update. And, of course, Rabbi Yudin will address us as well. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live. The Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and, of course, on the NSN app. Golly, it's all in the background. News from Israel is coming up. 48 degrees, sunshine, a high temperature of 65. Looks like good Sukkot weather coming up. Golly, it's all Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Bokato from Jam in the AM. שר החינוך נחתלי בנט הודיע בצהריים כי הוא משאל לאלתר את פעילות המדינה באונסקו לנוכח החלטת הארגון אתמול, המטילה ספק בזיקת היהודים למקומות הקדושים בירושלים. בנט תקף את המדינות שהצביעו בעד ההחלטה ואמר כי ישראל לא תשתף פעולה עם מי שמגבה טרור. מי שנותן פרס לתומכי ג'יהאד בירושלים רק בשבוע שבו נרצחו שני יהודים בעיר, יכול חלילה להיות הבא בתור. העולם המערבי צריך לעמוד מול אונסקו ונגד פרס לטרור. מדינת ישראל לא תשתף עם זה פעולה. מדד המחירים לצרכן בחודש ספטמבר ירד בעשירות, בעשירית האחוז. ירידות בולטות נרשמו בסעיף הפירות הטריים, שירד בשיעור של שישה אחוזים ושבע עשיריות האחוז. כתבנו איתי הנבי מציין כי בשנה האחרונה ירד המדד בארבע עשיריות האחוז. 
תושב ירושלים חשוד בהונאה בהיקף של חמישה מיליון שקלים בין הקורבנות גם אמו של החשוד, כתבנו אריאל זיגלר. החשוד בשנות השלושים לחייו נהג להציג את עצמו כאיש עסקים עמיד וכך שכנע אנשים לרכוש עשרות מכשירי טלפון ניידים ולהעביר אותם לידיו בטענה שיוכלו להרוויח מרכישה קבוצתית כפי שהוא מציע. בהמשך מכר את המכשירים בחנויות פרטיות וכך גלגל לכיסו כחמישה מיליון שקלים בין קורבנותיו גם אמו שהתלוננה לאחר שבאמצעות פנקסי הצ'קים שלה בוצעו רכישות בסכומים גדולים וחתימתה זויפה בבית העלמין במצפה נטופה בגליל נטמנו בשעות הצהריים אחינועם ונבו גרינפלד, שני הילדים שנהרגו בהתהפכות הג'יפ בגאורגיה ביום שלישי. חנוך אביהם של אחינועם ונבו זיכרונם לברכה, סיפר על הרגעים האחרונים לפני התאונה. אחינועם, בקול רועד, אמא ואבא, בואו נחזור. הדרך הולכת ונעשית לולה עם סיבובים, החושך נעשה ויותר ויותר שחור, ולקול הרועד שלך מצטרף גם נבו, ואולי גם כל השאר. החלטנו כבר להסתובב לנקודה שבה אפשר להסתובב, לא הגענו. סליחה שלא ידעתי לשמור עליכם, סליחה. הפרקליטות תגיש היום כתב אישום נגד יהודי המואשם בתקיפת פועל ערבי סמוך למושב אבן ספיר שבהרי ירושלים. שני גברים נוספים חשודים במעורבות בתקיפה. כתבנו אורי איגרא. השלושה פגשו בפועל כששם עבודתו והוא על חמורו. החשודים קראו לפועל קריאות גנאי ואף היכו אותו, והוא נזקק לטיפול רפואי. המשטרה פתחה בחקירה והביאה את שלושת החשודים להארכת מעצר, ולאחד מהם הוגשה הצהרת תובע. המשטרה ממשיכה לחקור את האירוע. שני בני אדם נהרגו הבוקר ועוד אחד נפצע קשה בתאונות באתרי עבודה ברחבי הארץ. כתבתנו הדס שטייף. הבוקר נדרס למוות בידי דחפור, פועל בן 21, בית שעבד באתר בנייה על כביש 531 בגבעת חן. מאוחר יותר נפצע אנוש פועל, בית שנפל מגובה רב, באתר בנייה בחדרה. מורדם ומונשם, הוא פונה בידי מד"א לבית חולים בלינסון בפתח תקווה. באתר בנייה בוואדי ג'וז בירושלים, נפל אל מותו מהקומה השלישית, פועל שעבד באתר בנייה. תחזית מזג האוויר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות, אך יוסיף להיות חם מהרגיל, בשבת ירידה נוספת במידות החום, והן תהיינה רגילות לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך מרון ששון, בצוות אביאש קלר, ולצידה בן קטן.
Getting ready for that holiday of Sukkot, aren't we? We certainly are. That's uh, Schlockrock, of course, Lenny Solomon and company. <laughs> the amazing amazing version of a Sukkot night here at JM in the AM. Before that, news from Israel. We'll have our weekly update coming up. It may cut, it'll be cut a drop short because um, we're going to be talking about some of the Cholomoid events that are going on next week. And um, in terms of the weekly update for next week, Cholomoid, we will give you the information on that. Uh, normally every single Friday, 7.40 Eastern Time is when we begin the weekly update here at the JM and the AM. Lots of news to discuss. Yeah, lots of news to discuss. 48 degrees, sunshine, a high temperature of 65. A reminder that um, uh, we are uh, presenting uh, Matis Weingast with JM Sunday on Erev Sukkot starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on our stream at jmtheam.org and on the NSN app. So make sure to be tuned in for that. And then uh, Wednesday will be the next time that we are on the air. Wednesday will be the next time we're on the air live with a full edition of uh, JM in the AM. That'll be the first day of Cholomoid outside of Israel. And um, we hope you'll be tuned in. You can go to jewishtickets.com. Uh, everything that Ding has discussed on the air, the Uncle Moishi Chol Hamania performances, uh, they're all up there on that site. The eighth day performance in Teaneck for Thursday night is up there. Miami, as we said, is going to be doing the show down in Red Bank, New Jersey, and then again in Brooklyn College on Thursday night. Red Bank, New Jersey, Wednesday night. Brooklyn College Thursday night with uh, Baruch Levine, Simcha Liner, Miami, the Miami Five, and a whole bunch more. I mean, they, have a, they have really a full lineup. So it's all there at jewishtickets.com. You can get all the information and check out the latest concert offerings. JM and the AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with Chazen Yanki Lemmer.
Jam in the AM with Yehuda Green. Simcha Liner before that. Yankee Lemmer had Mimkomcha. 23 minutes after 7 o'clock Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting at 5.57. Could you imagine? 5.57 is candle lighting. Sukkot Sunday night. Matis on the air Sunday morning with JM Sunday on an Erev Sukkot starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. We're back Wednesday, first day of Cholomoid outside of Israel. Make sure to be tuned in starting at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. J.M. and the A.M. Malcolm Homeline coming up. We'll do our weekly update, a little bit of a shorter version of the weekly update since we're going to do some of the Cholomoid events in the third hour. Uh, but we'll get some uh, information in, no doubt. Important information for us to know. So we'll do that coming up about 7.40 this morning here at J.M. and the A.M. And um, as I said, Monday and Tuesday for the next couple of weeks we are off because of the uh, holiday of Sukkot. And then, of course, Shemini Atzeris and Simchas Torah. By request off of the uh, NSN app, it's Ohad at JM in the AM.
Shame in the AM. We'll, um, uh, that's Benny Friedman. <laughs> Shalom Aleichem here on a JM in the AM Friday morning. Erev Shabbos Parshas Hazinu with candle lighting at 5.57. Sukkot Sunday night, as we've been pointing out. Matis on the air Sunday morning live starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in around the world for his Erev uh, Sukkot show. And uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, first day of Cholomoid outside of Israel, we'll be back uh, on the air uh, here at JM in the AM. And I certainly hope you'll join us. And I'm sure you will. We'll talk about some Cholomoid events coming up. Ellie Gerstner and company, Yossi Newman, they're supposed to be visiting us in hour number three this morning. Rabbi Yudin will be checking in from Israel, please God. Malcolm Holman will be checking in from Israel, please God. Lots to do in the next uh, very short period of time. All coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Uh, 18 minutes before 8 o'clock Friday morning on this era of Shabbos Parshas Azina, the Shalshelis Jr. Big thank you to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend our amazing live stream to their uh, readers. Much appreciated. Check out thousands of articles you could print out before Shabbos and before Sukkot to read over the holiday. And a big thank you to OnlySimchas.com. They continue to uh, utilize our information and uh, features as part of their news feed, which has become a big hit in addition to all their Simcha news. So a big thank you to OnlySimchas.com. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us from Israel on this era of Shabbos for the weekly update. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, Shabbat Shalom to you and to everyone in Chag Sameach from beautiful Jerusalem, sunny, gorgeous Jerusalem. You mean the Jerusalem that's a holy city to the Jews or the Jerusalem that's not a holy city to the Jews? Well, we're clearly imposters in our claim to be here, and all of the archaeological finds are clearly just a Zionist plot. And the uh, amazing uh, story of 3,000 years of Jewish history, Jewish attachment to this place is all a fable, and as is the Christian connection and those of other faiths who follow that tradition, uh, that the United Nations uh, made, uh, UNESCO made this determination. I have to say that the director, with whom I contacted last night, issued a very strong statement today disassociating herself from the decision. And even though she's, you know, no longer running for Secretary General of the United Nations, as she was the last time we spoke about the, the previous resolution, uh, so she didn't have a political gain to, to be had from this. She, did it because I think she recognizes it's a moral outrage. Uh, the vote was better this time in some of the countries that we have been contacting, uh, like Argentina and France, went to an abstent, went to from a vote for to an abstention. But frankly, this is a moral issue, and for them to abstain, as did other countries or those that voted for, including Russia, is really an outrage. And I know people. Don't take the U.N. seriously, certainly not the U.N. agencies. But as I said so many times over the last two years since this process began, and I warned that it would have real consequences, this has real consequences. This can in the future be used to deny us access, to deny our rights, to say, look, the United Nations has only designated these places as Muslim holy sites. It is a, a denigration of Jewish history, a, dim, a diminution, a denial that is is truly uh, in, incredible. Where's the failure here, Malcolm? Is the failure among Israeli leadership and its representatives at the United Nations? Is the failure among American Jewish leaders who didn't see this coming? Where Where is the failure in this whole process? Well, I, I just have to say that we did see it coming, and we have been working on it very hard. Uh, we pressed American officials and American uh, uh, UN delegation ha uh, members have uh, worked hard on this. The uh, the government of Israel certainly has advocated. The prime minister has spoken about it. Our ministry people have been working on it. Uh, people at the UN and elsewhere. But the the overall problem is that people don't take it seriously. And I think in this case, the implications weren't as apparent. But those who listen regularly to this show know how seriously we took it, how much uh, I've spoken, we've lobbied, 
uh, I can tell you that the Jewish organizations met with officials throughout the UN General Assembly opening sessions, and this was the number one topic. We pressed everybody on it. Uh, again, the vote was better, but not good. Only six countries voted against Estonia, Germany, uh, Latvia, I think, uh, uh, Lithuania, rather, um, Britain, the U.S. It's hardly enough. And the, those that didn't, we will be holding to account. We've already contacted most of them, and the rest will be this mor- done this morning. It's, it's, um, it, it, it has, it, it's so offensive to me. I can hardly get the words out to describe how horrific this uh, notion of denying Jewish history, 3,800 years of Jewish history, and 2,000 years of Christian history, of this the Judeo, whole foundation of the Judeo-Christian tradition. You know, yesterday, Nachum, I went to the Sifting Project. I don't know if you've ever been there, but, you know, it, it is the, the stuff that was taken off of Harabayat, mm-hmm. uh, off the Temple Mount by Arafat, remember, and they oh, dumped yeah. it in the old city dump when they cleaned out the, the area around Solomon's Stables, and they built a mosque, and then he went ahead and destroyed much more, just bulldozed whole areas. And I think 160,000 people have participated uh, for more than a decade in this sifting project where you go and look, uh, you go to the site, and you, go, you, you are given a bucket, and you wash it, and then you, you sort through it to look for a piece of glass metal, so that they can try to reconstruct and rebuild what uh, the, these uh, came from, what was there. And, and we found something from the First Temple period and Second Temple period. At the end, they, they explained to you the findings and what periods they attributed the, attribute them to. But the fact that they've been able to put together the tiles from the, from the Beit HaMikdash, from the plaza of the temple, all of this flies in the face of what we heard at the UN. Well, yeah. All of the discoveries are just, I mean, it's not us. It's not our assertion. It's hard, tangible fact. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why the aftermath of this decision is, is going to be so, uh, so critical. And, uh, whoever is responsible for dropping the ball on this, it's an absolute disaster. The, um, you know, you can imagine how many people here have already recommended <laughs> by email and other means. Uh, that Israel should, in fact, pull out of the U.N. Now, we, we know that that's not a, a reality, and that probably is not in the best interests of anybody. But but what can be done at this point? Uh, what, what can Israel do in the aftermath of this decision to try to reverse or try to influence uh, UNESCO at this point? Pulling out is, is always the first response, people, and I've gotten many messages to that effect also. It's not realistic. The United States is not going to pull out, and Israel doesn't pull out. And, and Israel's presence there is critical because of the many other interests, whether it comes to peacekeeping, World Health Organization, many other agencies where Israel's presence is critical to protect its own standing and its interests, but also to contribute. And the uh, this requires a much more thoughtful and uh, process, and we will continue to work to get the countries to agree to rescind it, it has to be rescinded. There's no other option. It must be uh, either removed from the books by a vote or uh, another resolution passed that uh, balances it out and, and uh, reestablishes the historic truths. That is really our next goal in, in this process. 
you know, I, as a kid, I remember Zionism racism, so I, I can't right. I can't relate to it exactly the same way because obviously it was a different stage of my life. But it seems that this this, this whole uh, episode is much more acute. This this goes much more directly to the Jewish heart, so to speak, than even that vote was. It does because it it denies our relationship to the most important place in the world to us, it and which in essence denies the whole foundation uh, of of our faith and and essentially is a repudiation of Judaism. It is what Nazis back to the Romans did when they wanted to to denigrate and mock the Jews. They would yell, "Hep Jerusalem et perdita!" Jerusalem was lost because that was seen as the ultimate act of degradation. And here we are seeing it done by the international community. Now, it's true that most of the Americans didn't vote. Obviously, the United States, Germany, uh, other Britain, uh, and many others abstained. And it's only members that are part of the Executive Council of, of Unity participated. But it's as a statement, a declaration that we exploited. It is... Uh, it is uh, of far greater significance than the vote itself might indicate. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, all right, Israel has reacted. Um, I guess the uh, uh, the most telling um, uh, reaction has been the uh, uh, the Naftali Bennett statement that Israel will cease cooperating with UNESCO at this point, or will suspend its cooperation with UNESCO. Now, you just pointed out that there are reasons to stay involved and to stay part of the process. What type of what kind of teeth does this threat by Naftali Bennett have uh, against UNESCO? Well, Israel's interaction with UNESCO is, is pretty limited, and the United States, you know, pulled out because of pressure uh, from the Jewish community and others because of previous violations and, and excesses by uh, by UNESCO. So, the United States does not pay dues. So, people have asked me about cutting the funding. The answer is, we already cut the funding. And we, they do not uh, really, uh, are, their position there, they say, is diminished because of the fact that they don't pay dues and they're not seen as uh, full participants in the, in, the, in the UNESCO process. Yeah. Brand new Secretary General from Portugal, does it make a difference one way or the other vis-a-vis Israel? It makes a big difference. The Secretary, of, uh, Secretary General is in a key position. Uh, his statements matter. They're heard. They're they're, you know, given different degrees of of credibility, and credence. But what I found is that many of the secretaries general, before they become uh, officially the secretary general, uh, are very open and friendly. And <laughs> we have met. I've yeah. met with Guterres, as I met with Ban Ki Moon and with Kofi Annan, who before were really supportive and very open. And then they get caught in the web of of the intrigue of the internal operations of the United Nations. Yeah, exactly. Many people someone who sits, are anti-Israel. Someone sits them down after a couple of weeks and says, here's how it really works over here. You know, Right, and they, they give them the notes, they give them the minutes. And I have to say that I think Ban Ki-moon was a decent man and, again, corrupted in, in his views on some issues because of the... Um, the whole infrastructure of the United Nations, the advisors, the other people who work there, and the general majority that is hostile to Israel, and he has to retain yeah. both his his position and his uh, the support of these countries. Yeah, but but yeah. I think Guterres, I just want to tell you one yeah, thing, sir. that he, he told me that he led the effort to revoke 
the legislation from the 40, from 1490s uh, that uh, uh, began the Inquisition against Israel, that those books have remained, laws have remained on the books right. until recently. And as a member of the parliament, he led the effort to to remove. Them. Right, you, you had so me- we will see. you had mentioned that to us. I, some, sometimes I'm a little bit skeptical about those who concentrate on revoking 500 year old rules. <laughs> but, right, <laughs> but, he, but he, they did other things. No, that I, were, that I, were more positive. No, I got I it. I got it. Uh, th- yeah, I got that. Okay. But, uh, no, the, the, uh, but you know that when you're the prime minister of Portugal, we have things to look at, and there are some questions about his past record. Uh, but there is a, a he did have a closeness to the Jewish community, the small Jewish community of Portugal, and uh, felt a, a certain kinship by by revoking. The fact is that nobody over the last five hundred years did it. Well, right. That's the disturbing. I got that. Yeah, I got that. Uh, the other thing is that, and it must drive you crazy. Malcolm Holmline live from Jerusalem must drive you crazy in in in, um, in uh, reference to Ban Ki Moon and, and and others, and especially members of the media. You're probably sometimes hearing their public presentations and saying to yourself, "Is this the same guy I just spoke to in private? Is this the same guy or the same media person, man or woman, who you know just spoke with me off the record a certain way and now is presenting publicly completely differently?" I mean, that must happen to you every single day. It happens many days, and it's not just at the UN. It's uh, you know there are American officials, there are Europeans, and officials around the world who who will tell you one thing and then all of a sudden you see that the way it comes out is not exactly the way that it was presented to you often quite the opposite of what you had anticipated Unbelievable. and it's our job is to hold their feet to the fire to keep them accountable you know we have to do it in intelligent ways we have to build support we need the votes of countries you know that like the the unesco vote and so we invest a lot in order to build ties. And in some cases, it really yields extremely positive results. In other cases, it takes time. In other cases, it doesn't. And, you know, they, they have other competing interests that they uh, pursue. And, you know, Israel is a small country. We forget it. That there's uh, 21 Arab countries. There's uh, the uh, almost 50-plus members of the organization of the Islamic uh, Council that uh, there, there are big blocks in the non-aligned movement, which is uh, you know, uh, the vast majority of the members of the United Nations, right. about 140 countries. By the way, there's one more point on this that we must make, and this was made, of course, by the Prime Minister brilliantly uh, when he referred to the Great Wall of China and the pyramids in Egypt. I would assume the Temple Mount and Israel, or the Jewish people, is likely the only geographic uh, re- slash religious discussion that's ever happened in the UN. I would assume that when it comes to the heritage, religious or not, of other countries, a great sites have not been challenged by the United Nations. Am I right about that? I, I really have to research it. It's a, it's a good point. But you know, when the statue there was destroyed by the Taliban, when uh, Palmyra was destroyed, you saw, but you didn't see the kind of outrage. You didn't see a vote in UNESCO. You didn't see the kind of condemnation and and, uh, broad involvement in protecting the sites that were being destroyed. And here, all the sites are being preserved. The the very things that they're complaining about, the excavations, are only uncovering our past. They're done with such care and such sensitivity. And Muslim places or uh, Armenian places, others are not touched if they don't get permission. And if no other country would would abide by these uh, restrictions, and yet Israel does. They can't attach the Mugrabi gate to, to the the place where you walk up from the hotel. Everybody sees that tall staircase. Well, it's not connected because the Waqf objected. I mean, what other country in the world would would 
agree to that, something that doesn't change the status quo of anything, doesn't damage anything, doesn't do anything except enable people to walk on there and to, to look from there. So uh, I think the, the record of Israel in this regard is so extraordinary. And for them and for the UNESCO at a time when we see the disregard, the destruction, both of life and of property and of religious sites, and, and hardly any kind of protest. Yeah, that's the way it is. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. A little bit of an abridged version of the weekly update here on a Friday as we'll be exploring colomoid events and other stuff before we get to the end of this morning's broadcast. What do you think of this secret meeting? Between, I guess it was secret, uh, between uh, the president of Israel, the chief Sephardic rabbi of Israel, the president of the Sharia court of the PA, and other rabbis who gathered together at the president's residence. Well, I am next to the president in Ne'ila at the great synagogue on Yom Kippur and uh, did have a chance to talk to him. Uh, I did not go into detail about the secret meeting because it was a secret, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> which everybody knows about. Yeah. Look, I think it's a good idea that religious leaders should be heard on the critical issues of the day and making their voices uh, known against the extremism and radicalism that we see so rampant in, uh, in the world today. I wish that uh, Islamic leaders would, in fact, do much more, uh, Muslim leaders, to speak out against the Islamists and to, to, it would help differentiate the masses of the Muslim population from those who are engaging in extremist activities. Uh, you know, I saw that in, in, um, in one of the countries, uh, I think it was in France, that they made a recommendation that Muslim perpetrators can't be identified as Muslim anymore. Mm. Well, they shouldn't be singled out and they shouldn't be, but to say that you can't identify it, if you can't name it, if you can't, uh, say, you know, who the perpetrators are, not to broad brush them. I think the failure to do so makes it indistinguishable between those who do engage in violence and those who are opposed to it. Yeah. So the the wisdom of the approach, I think, is certainly very questionable. By the way, could you indulge me just one more comment about the uh, UNESCO thing? There are Israeli officials who are, uh, who are charging the Israeli radical left for actively participating with the, uh, let's call it anti-Israel, anti-holy sites side of the UNESCO argument. Is that true? Would they, would they stoop to that level where they would be fighting against their own tradition about which are the holy sites, which are not? I don't know that they would deny the connection at all, but you, you see that playing about the presence and participation of Jews when they go up to, and they're not pray when they go up to visit on the Temple Mount, or there have been demonstrations against uh, some of the excavations which are just uncovering our past. I mean, this contribution to civilization as a whole, to, to our history, to the collective history of mankind, and and yet you see these demonstrations, and most of all now we see people going to testify at a UN session, you know, which is going to address the, the, the these issues and some of these issues, and groups that uh, are rooted in Israel, based in Israel, participate. It is very counterproductive, and they become a cover for those who, who harbor these extremist anti-Israel views and, and who want to see Israel destroyed. And they point to the participation and say, well, we're balanced. We have, you know, Israeli participants here. Yeah. Oh, we're all, our own worst enemy, Mr. Honline. You ever think sometimes, of that? Sometimes, and sometimes we're our best friends. Yeah, I hope you're right about that part. Um, 
Director General of the Foreign Ministry, Dory Gold, has resigned. What's the backstory on that one? Well, I met with him last night, and I have to say he assured me that this was uh, not, that the stories that abound and speculation about why he resigned that he did it for eighteen months, and he, you know, it's a it's a backbreaking job, especially when there's no foreign minister, and he he had only signed up as an interim appointment with the prime minister's. Uh, agreement and he felt that it was time for him to return to his previous pursuits and he said that's all that there is to it there was no no the personal acrimony that some people have tried to uh ascribe it to you've spent a lot of time in israel relatively speaking over the last couple of weeks is this issue of the uh, judge um postponing the sentencing of the terrorist who ended up killing uh two people at the beginning of this week um, is, is that story as big as it should be? Is there is there going to be action taken against the judge um, because of this uh, uh, lackadaisical approach to the sentencing of the terrorist? Yeah, there's been discussion of it in the media generally, but I have to tell you when I, when I talk to people at meetings, it doesn't come up. You know, there are so many cases uh, of the Israeli soldier that that gets more discussion about how they handle yeah. uh, some of these very sensitive cases. And when you're talking about security, it's it's really a critical uh, matter, and it's also the messages that are sent. So yes, these issues are discussed, but right now I think people are so overwhelmed by the American election, frankly, uh, much to my dismay. That that is the first thing and the last thing that they want to talk about, and they want everybody to explain the craziness of the American electoral system. What's going on? You know, the kind of uh, the, many people stayed up to watch the first debate and asked questions, have questions about you know things that were said and how it was conducted. I think that the, this issue alone. There's also a great deal of concern of what will happen right after the election if the Obama administration, the president, secretary of state, somebody will agree to a statement to UN action. And Kerry, when asked about it a couple of days ago, said that he would not rule out uh, an action. He said he, that no decision has yet been made, but he wouldn't rule it out. That is a change. And I hope that the, the wise minds will prevail and they will not do anything because it will only hurt any chance of peace. Did you watch the second debate? I was here, so I did see part of it. So, Did you, I mean, could, could, because you and I had discussed that there would likely be, or at least you conjectured that there would be more of an, a, uh, of an emphasis on foreign policy during the second debate. Uh, did you get the idea that, um, that the people on stage may have been a little bit confused when it came to certain aspects of foreign policy? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's an uncharacteristically diplomatic approach to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good description. But I, I was disappointed by the fact that you don't have the in-depth discussion or the follow-up regarding some of the issues to, to draw people out more because of what they will do in the future. How will they handle the increasingly sensitive issues? Look what's happened in Yemen in the last couple of days. And I know people don't know where Yemen is. They know that about the Taymanin, the Jews came from Yemen, but basically don't care. And if you if you remember two years ago, I spoke about it on the show for several weeks warning about what was happening when it was only 300 Houthis. Now they're firing rockets at American ships. This is an outrage. And the, the fact these are Iranian-supplied, Chinese-made uh, missiles. There were ballistic missiles fire, fired. It wasn't just one incident. They fired at a UAE uh, unarmed uh, ship um, and are threatening to do much more. And this is an escalating uh, battle. It's, it is a 
front for the Sunni-Shiite battle. It is a front for Saudi Arabia versus Iran, which represents the Sunni-Shiite battle. Right. And this escalation and the fact that the Saudis, you know, attacked by air and killed many people at a high-profile funeral, maybe perhaps know some later time, but the tension that creates between the United States and Saudi Arabia, the tension of the United States and, and Yemen, and yet we do not see the onus placed on Iran, which is backing the Houthis, providing them with the weapons, essentially controlling them, and they say that they control the, the capital of Sana along with three other Arab capitals. And I think that we're just sending consistently the wrong message to them, and, and it invites them to these kind of provocations. By the way, go back for a second. I'm I'm sorry to uh, keep jumping around. Did you have a chance to see or read any of the WikiLeaks um, uh, articles or reviews in terms of what was found and, in general, how the Obama administration and specifically Secretary Clinton during her tenure uh, viewed uh, Israel and its relationship with the U.S.? I really did not have a chance. I have them all printed for me in New York, and we'll book them there. I was obviously sent the ones where my name was mentioned, but uh, I did not have a chance really to... It's something you have to study in depth because I know all the individuals and, and you have to read for the nuance and are they simply saying what the, the interlocutor wants to hear or the petitioner wants to hear or do we see a consistent pattern in terms of the policies that they are articulating and the words in this case are very important. Yeah. Um, there was an article this week about Iran's uh, uranium enrichment. Has anything slowed their progress at all? I mean, there is some slowing, obviously, because of the freezing of some of the plants and the construction. But when we see the more and more aggressive stand, let, you know, the more sanctions we relieve, we see the provocations like the one in Yemen and the, um, uh, the actions they are. Uh, engaged in, in fact, in some of the, in, in Syria, for instance, with the replacement of the population of, of uh, replacing Sunnis with, with Shiites from Iraq, because they want to build a land bridge to the Mediterranean, something we've warned about for a long time. The Russians share that goal, and they are moving in Russia, supposedly, to convert Sunnis to, to Shiism, uh, because the radical Sunnis are, are pose a, a, a threat to them. And the uh, the Iranians are consistently uh, ratcheting up their um, aggressiveness. We saw it vis-a-vis -vis Saudi Arabia and, and Yemen and, and other uh, places as well. But the the uh, support for Hamas, for Hezbollah, for other terrorist operations are are increasing all the time, and the money now enables them to do much more. Yeah. Uh, all right, an abridged version of the weekly update. I apologize. Next week, Cholamoed, uh, uh, we are scheduled to uh, speak with Malcolm from Jerusalem, please God. And uh, the following week, back to our regular schedule here. So that'll be that. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a uh, beautiful Chag Sukkot in Jerusalem, Mr. Honlock. Chag Sameach to you, to your family, to everyone who's listening. It should be a, a real year of Simcha. And remember that the, they tell us the most difficult uh, mitzvah is infuse simcha in all that we do, and sometimes it may be hard with some of the issues, but we have so much to be thankful for. Being here in Yerushalayim reminds us how much we should be misamech with all the good things God has given us, and it strengthens us to deal with the challenges. 
Amen to that. Thank you so much. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. We are going to um, uh, make an effort to get to Rabbi Yudin ASAP so he can address us regarding uh, Shabbos and the holiday of Sukkot, and then, of course, get right into our Cholamoid events. There's a lot going on here on a Friday. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
In the AM, the Serav, Friday morning era of Shabbos, candle lighting at 5.57. Um, Rabbi Yudin was expected to join us a few minutes ago here from Israel at JM and the AM. Hopefully, in fact, he will join us in a few minutes from Israel with words about Parshas Azinu. Meanwhile, we have an opportunity to speak with both Ellie Gerstner and Yossi Newman because yet another major Cholomoid event is coming up. And <laughs> I'll tell you. It seems you guys are always involved in one of the big shows of the season. And to say it's big in regard to this one is an understatement, to say the least. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And we're going to get to her by Yudin in just a minute or two. I just wanted to start off by telling some of the earlier listeners that Ellie and Yussi are here because there is a, a major show going on on Cholomoid, uh, which is, um, I, I think, going to... I think it's going to strike the fancy of a lot of people out there. Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. Those are some pretty well-known names. I don't, I don't think they're as well-known as the Yeshiva Boys Choir. No, but they're they're not. Some pretty, they're not, not like the Yeshiva Boys no. Choir. But they're pretty well-known names. And they are going to be presenting Circus Extreme on Cholomoid Thursday. And it's happening up at the Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut. What can you tell us about the venue? Uh, I've been down there. It's, uh, it's an amazing, beautiful venue. Um, Bridgeport is not as scary as it sounds. It's, uh, <laughs> Why minute, is it a rough neighborhood? Ninety-minute drive. No, like when I hear Connecticut, I'm like, ah, you know. Um, thousands of people have bought tickets already. Seriously? Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I'll tell you that a week ago, uh, we were just, every, just everybody who's 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 ready for Yontif. This is crazy. You know, it's Sunday night, Ali. I'm saying it's crazy. <laughs> Yontif is mamish coming up. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, but I haven't eaten in months, so I'm so excited. Tonight's job is It's so more. crazy. We were not ready for this. And, and so we, we had this thing planned for months, obviously, and, and we're, we're doing this, but we were not ready for Yom to just come out. So we're starting to put ads in on this and that. I'm like, okay, uh, are we going to have enough time? And then all of a sudden, it just hit. We were up the whole night last night. Phones did not stop ringing. Thousands of tickets have been sold. Where, where, and, and we have one minute before we go to Rabbi Yudin, and then we'll come back, obviously, and talk more. But where will YBC, where will the Yeshiva Boys be? And I don't mean 
be physically, but where, as part of the show, will this all fit in? In the cage with the tigers. No, come on, seriously. In the cage. <laughs> Actually, we are the circus. <laughs> then there happens to be Barnum and Bailey. Um, no, but seriously, we're, 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 we're she's doing uh, at, at halftime, but we're doing a like full, a full, a full show, show during yeah, halftime. Yeah, yeah. Half so time anybody show. who wants to hear your hits, yeah, YBC's hits, they will hear exactly them. what they're doing. And after this, it's the Super Bowl. That's our next halftime. That's our next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voice Choir is doing full, full. It's not like a halftime show. We are doing a full Ishii Voice Choir concert. And then back to the circus. And then and then back to the circus. Right. More coming up. Ellie Gerstner and Yassi Newman visiting us. Obviously, you can go to JewishTickets.com, and there are other areas that we have to discuss regarding uh, uh, this whole adventure to Connecticut. We'll explain what we mean by that coming up here at JM&AM. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. And today we have the privilege of hearing from Rabbi Yudin from the Holy City of Jerusalem. Uh, I should say the Holy State of Israel. Not sure if he's in Jerusalem. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good afternoon, Shabbos, everybody. And here it is afternoon, and I have the privilege of being in Yerushalayim, Yerak Kodesh. Now, I don't know where to start. I usually always start by telling you the privilege of seeing Erev Shabbos. And that's no different today that's Erev Shabbos than any other Erev Shabbos, except that not only are people running around and busy preparing for Shabbos, which you can feel in the air, but you see sukkahs all over. You see people putting on the schach. You hear the banging. You hear the excitement in the air. And wherever you go, you can see that Zaman Simchoseinu is coming. We said it on Yom Kippur at the end of the Avodah. Ashrei Ayin. Fortunate is the eye that saw the Kohen Gadol. Fortunate is the eye that saw the Avodah in the base of Migdash. I'm saying that we are living in very special times. And fortunate is the eye that sees the achana, the preparation, which is going on for this coming Yom Tov of Sukkot and Amir Tashem, Bikarov, all of the listeners and all of Klai Yisrael will be coming home for the Chagim and will be coming home to Eretz Yisrael. And don't worry where we're going to live, I promise you, there's going to be enough room for everybody. This is a land of miracles. The rabbis tell us one of the reasons why it's called Eretz Hatzvi, because the very land of Eretz Yisrael, just as it and the Navi Yecheskel promised, it will produce enough for who's ever coming. And thank God, King Yerbu, there are six million Jews living in Eretz Yisrael, and Eretz Yisrael is producing for them, so too will the land actually spread out for them. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parashat Zinu. According to the Chinuch, we're finished. We've already had the 613th mitzvah in Parshat Bayerach last week with the writing of a Sefer Torah. According to the Ramban, Nachmanides, the 613th mitzvah is sound at the beginning of the song of Azinu, Kishem Hashem Akrod, the key is understood to mean before, and the Shem Hashem, wow, is the Torah. How does the Jew get close to God? By studying his Torah, because every word of Torah is another Shem Hashem, says the Rabban, another name of God, in the Rabban in his introduction to the Torah. So the mitzvah of Birkas HaTorah, Birkas HaTorah, those special blessings that every Jew, man and woman, 
should say every morning. It's, according to the Rabban, biblical. The idea of Hashem, A, gave the Jewish people the Torah, and that is that band, that special band between He and the Jewish people, was, is, and always will be. And the blessing of Hashem, Bohar Banu Mikol Amin, He chose us. The Nasan Lanu Es Torah So. That is the culmination of the blessings that we say every single morning. The song of Hazino, says the Ramban, is something which covers past, present, and future. And I want you just to hear the following. This is coming from the Ramban at the very end of Hazino. Ilu had this song been mirtav, had it been written by Echod Menachosim, had it come from a soothsayer, a non-Jewish one, who would tell us this, we'd have to believe it because it's all happened. Alachas kama v'kama. Oh my goodness, the fact that it's coming from Moshe Rabbeinu, Adon Ganevim. Past, present, and future. Understand that you have in this week's parsha the concept of the chosenness of Israel, past, present, and future. And this has sustained us and will sustain the Jewish people. I just want to call your attention to a challenging Rashi at the very end of the parsha. It's the first puzzle in the Maktir, chapter 32, puzzle 48, where the Torah tells us Hashem speaks to Moshe, the Etzem Hayom Hazer, on this very day, telling Moshe to go up to the top of the mountain, there he's going to see the land, i.e. he's going to bless the land, and he's going to die there, not going to Eretz Yisrael. Rashi tells you that this is the third place in the Torah that the Etzem Hayom Hazer is used. By Noah, Hashem says to Noah, the Etzem Hayom Hazer come into the ark on this very day, meaning high noon. And what does Rashi say? All the peoples at the time of Noah we're saying, Noah, you're not going in. If it starts to rain and you go in, we will break down your ark. And Hashem says, let them try. And he enters the ark, not at night, but in the middle of the day, and nobody can stop him. So too, when the Jewish people leave Egypt, so the Egyptians say, yeah, let's see. We'll stop them. And sure enough, whose word wins out? The word of God. Over here the third time, now, how could the Jewish people stop Moshe? The only way they could, in theory, stop Moshe, they thought, was with their prayer. They couldn't hold Moshe back. Hashem says, come up. Moshe's going up. But to take his soul, they would have prayed. And it shows the efficacy of prayer. And it's only because Hashem said, no, Moshe has to go. This is the time of transition from Moshe to Yeshua. It shows how important prayer is. I'd like to spend a few moments just talking about the forthcoming Yom Tov of Shavuos. Excuse me, Sukkos. I'm excited being right where I am. The holiday of Sukkos is coming up, and that's called the Man Simchasinu. Literally, of all the holidays, this is the one that gives us the greatest joy. It's the greatest joy, according to our rabbis, because it's following 
the Yom Tov of Yom Kippur. And indeed, the rabbis tell us that Yom Kippur has that quality of Shuva Meira. On Yom Kippur, that's the day of awe. And on Sukkot, that's the day of love. And Shuva coming and emanating from love has a greater uh, effect, the Talmud tells us, even of wiping away our sins, which is so significant. One reason for uh, Zaman Simchaseinu. A second reason for Zaman Simchaseinu, a time of joy. This is Chagor Osif, and as we'll speak about the taking of the four species, the Arbaminim, the Esrogen, Luma, the Hadassim, and Arevos, again, symbolizing the time of ingathering of the produce of the Jew. Hence, another reason for the time of Simcha Seinu. Rabbi Salavechik, Zechazadik Levracha, pointed out that it's not Simcha Seinu because so much of the Torah of Alter is found within the oral law, is found within the holiday of Sukkot. The Torah says in Parshas Emor, Sukkot Teshu Shivas Yomim, Literally, the Jewish people are to reside in the sukkah for seven days. And, listen carefully, the Torah gives a reason. In order that future generations should know, that in Israel, God caused the Jewish people to reside when he took them out of Egypt. Now watch. Tell me about the sukkah. So a sukkah should have minimally three walls. Ideally, it has four because it's going to provide more comfort. It's going to provide more privacy. And our rabbis understand the term. But sukkah's teshu, you are to reside. Teshu ke'en taduru. You are to live in your sukkah as you live in your home. And just as living in the home, you have four walls for privacy, and comfort, so too, that's the ideal. If it had to have three, it could be, and there's your opening, and there's your door, like the opening above Ramavino, opened, you know, to everybody. Now, the sukkah itself, there are no laws that govern the walls of the sukkah, other than they should not have a, a pungent odor, which would cause a person to leave the sukkah, but they must be able to withstand a usual wind, not a hurricane, but a usual wind. And so, if a person has a um, sukkah, which is made out of material, like canvas, one has to make sure that the walls are especially taut. The more that the walls flap in the wind, if they should flap even more than approximately nine inches, nine inches to a foot, that could disqualify the kashras of the sukkah. So do what you need to do. Tie it down. This coming, if you can still do it today, wonderful, or this coming Sunday, when you're putting the finishing touches on your sukkah, make sure that the walls are taut if you're using material walls. The schach, now the sukkah itself is identified by the schach, by definition, the schach has to be A, that which has grown from the ground. B, the sukkah has to have schach, which is feathered. So let's say I have a tree 
on top of my sukkah, and I bend over the leaves, and the leaves are still attached to the tree, that sukkah is puzzle. It is disqualified because the schach is still attached to the ground. Now, the sukkah has, and the third thing is that the schach cannot be makabil tumor, which means that it cannot be a, a vessel of any sort, nor f- fruit or vegetables. Uh, a person, let's say, uh, you know, owns a farm, and they want to have a different kind of schach, because you need something which grows from the ground. So you're going to take apples, pears, peaches, plums, or those fruits that can last for eight days in the Chutzah Aretz, seven days in Eretz Yisrael, and you're going to use that as schach. That would make the sukkah completely puzzle because the fruit itself, the food is something which is makabel tumor. It can uh, accept upon it the impurity, which is a, a law I can't go into now. But therefore, we use either leaves, we use bamboo. If you're using bamboo mats, please acquire, purchase a bamboo mat with a hashgaha on it. Now, the sukkah itself becomes your home for the eight days of sukkos in the Chutzlaharetz. It is your home. So what does that mean? I eat and drink in the sukkah. I study. I entertain in the sukkah. Unmarried men should try their best to sleep in the sukkah. And the reason why married men are exempt is because just as during the year a married man would sleep with his wife, so too in sukkah he is obligated slash permitted to sleep in the house with his wife. Unless there's a sukkah built for two and there's a privacy in the sukkah, Kavod. Now, let me explain something. While the Torah puts seven days to the sukkah, the rabbis tell us that the first night, this coming Sunday night, is especially important. Everybody must eat in the sukkah this coming Sunday night. Why? This Sunday night is the 15th of Tishrei, the seventh month. And the rabbis have Exerah Shavah, the commonality of language between the 15th of the 7th month, Sukkot, and the 15th of the 1st month, which is Pesach. And just as on the first night of Pesach, one must eat a Gezayis of Matzah, similarly this coming Sunday night. So think for a moment, who are you inviting Sunday night to your home for the meal? Think, that your friends that thank God have a Sukkot, but think who around you, next door, around the corner, who doesn't have a sukkah, invite them that they should be able to at least fulfill the biblical mitzvah this coming Sunday night. It is important, so important that I pray that hopefully the weather is going to be good. But even if it is R-A-I-N this coming Sunday night, you have to wait 45 minutes to an hour then you go inside and you make Kiddush in the rain, then you go inside and you wash, and you um, uh, make Kiddush in the sukkah, without the Leshev sukkah, with the Shechayon, because those are the sukkahs, the Yom Tov, and you eat a Kezayis without the Leshev sukkah, Kezayis of bread, then you go into the house and finish your meal. When it stops, you go back into the sukkah and make a Leshev sukkah. That's how important it is, this coming um, Sunday night. 
The Torah tells us earlier in Pasha's Amor, in speaking about Sukkah, the Torah says that Hagat Sukkos Shivas Yobim Rashem. That's in Vayikra 23:34. And the rabbis tell us, what's this Hashem for God? It means just as Shem Shemayim, literally, a, the name of God or the sanctity is on a korban, on an offering, so too regarding the Sukkah, which means that for the seven days in Israel, it is in the Chutzpah, the Sukkah has sanctity. It's Chutzpah and it's also, assuming you have panels on your Sukkah, which easily come on and off the walls, and now you want to play ping pong during Cholamoli, and you need a panel, so you're going to take it, no, you're not, because the entire week, you cannot use it. If you had actual fruit on top of your sukkah decorations, most people use plastic today, but if you had an actual apple and it fell down, and you were lucky enough to catch it, and it's clean, you'll wash it off, and you make, no, you're not. No bully prayer eats. Muktza until after Simchas Torah. Very, very interesting. So the sukkah has this very kind of special sanctity and interesting. The first night especially, when we eat in the sukkah, it's important to share with whoever's in the sukkah. Tell yourself, why am I doing this? Now, why do you have to tell yourself this? Because once the Torah gives the reason, the sukkah is tasteful. And the Manidu, you shall know, the Bach, and this is brought down in Shulchadara, says that you are to be cognizant and aware and discuss it, how God was good to the Jewish people. Rumor has it, it's hot by day in the desert. The Sukkah gave us air conditioning by day. Rumor has it that it's cold in the desert at night, and the Sukkah gave us heating. So this was an incredible divine wind that God provided for the Jewish people during the 40-year trek in the desert. And when we sit in the sukkah and you look up, and the sukkah obviously well, can't be more than 20 amos, more than uh, um, 35 feet high. No one's going to sit in the sukkah that high. But the idea is that you should be able to see the sukkah to remind us, wow, that just as he protected us then, he protects us. Now, he protects us wherever we are. He protects us in our homes. He protects us in Eretz Yisrael. That is the message of the sukkah. Very, very important. You can expand upon it that this world, as we know it, is temporary, which is what your sukkah is, and we know what's coming. That's right. We work hard in this world because there is a world to come. We invite each night of the sukkah to the sukkah, the Yushpisa, the first night of Ram, the second night. Yitzchak, again, a way of connecting with our past. Let's talk for a moment about the Arba Minim, the four species that we take on um, Sukkos, your Esrog, which the Torah doesn't say that it is an Esrog. The Torah just says, creates Hadar, the fruit of a good tree. Our rabbis tell us, interestingly, that this is according to many, a reminder to us of the fruit that Adam and Chava ate thereof. And interestingly, nowhere does it say in the Talmud that when we take the Esrog, 
with your righty in your right hand. And, excuse me, your left hand, the lulav in your right hand. Because the lulav has three out of the four. The lulav has your date palm. The lulav has your three adasim, your three myrtle. And you to the right of the lulav, to the right of the shedra, the spine. And it has the two arrivals to the left. So the lulav in your right hand and the yeshog in your left hand doesn't save the Talmud to put them both together. Rabbi Salchik suggested in his brilliance that among the symbolism is we are putting back the fruit on the tree that Adam took off. An incredible kind of a, not just reliving history, which is what the Jew does, not only remembering history. The four species, remind us of the four different kind of Jews, the Esrog Jew, the Jew with both taste and scent, both with Torah and with good deeds, the Lulav Jew, with taste and no scent, the Hadassah Jew, with scent and no taste, the Avravos Jew, the not yet one, with neither nor Torah or Mithros, guess what? We bind them all together. And that's where there's simcha in the Jewish people. That's where there's happiness, where there's unity amongst our people. It's a very special Yom Tov that's coming. The sukkah is called by the Zohar, Zilsa Dim Hemnusa, shade of Emuna, of faith. We build it because we have faith in our Torah. And the sukkah provides us with that injection of vitamin E of Emuna. So, so powerful. I want to take this opportunity of wishing everybody a good Shabbos and a good Yom Tov for this very special forthcoming on a personal note, a good Shabbos and good Yom Tov to Nachum and his family and all I can say to everybody that's listening is wish you were here. A good Shabbos and a good Yom Tov J.M. in the A.M., my thanks to Rabbi Yudin, wishing him and his family, of course, a Chag Sameach, a wonderful upcoming Yom Tov. Matis will be on Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on the stream at jmtheam.org and on the NSN app with a uh, Erev Sukkot J.M. Sunday. We are back Wednesday morning, first day of Cholomoid outside of Israel here at J.M. in the A.M., uh, with a live presentation. Our two guests in our studio who are going to help us wrap up the week are Ellie Gerstner and Yossi Newman. They are here because they have their own live show coming up next week, and that is Thursday when it'll be the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey and Ellie Gerstner and Yossi Newman presenting the Circus Extreme. The Yeshiva Boys Choir are doing the halftime show. Amazing entertainment, great adventure, uh, exotic animals. Uh, first kosher circus in three years. That's true, by the way, right? It's been yeah. yeah. The last time we did it was in Barclay Center. What was the first time you were part first, of it? No, Philadelphia. Yeah, well, the Spectrum. That was awesome. You were the, at the the first I first, think first the one. That one. Yeah, the first first one was Madison Square Garden. Right. That was before she was quite existent. That was in 04, oh, I think. I yeah, that, right? the first one ever. The and you were there or not? No, we no. Yeah, nothing to do with that. No, no. YBC. We were in Madison Square Garden the next time. Right. We meeting. It, it was all Philly. She was at Oscar Pistorius, Wallerstein, and and Shivas and all that stuff. But now, um, uh, so yeah, since then it's moved on. Uh, it's been amazing. And la- with the last time we did it was again Barclay Center. It was 
so out of control. It was packed. Uh, it was people sitting all the way on top. So where was I with you? Um, I'm trying to think now. Was that with Uncle Maishi? And yes. Yeah, what what no, was that? You were at the Spectrum. That was the Spectrum. The the sec- the, that was the first time they did it. That was the third time. No, meaning the first time they did it in Philly. They made a video yeah. with that. Right. Yeah, they made a video of that also, yeah. So you were there. Gosh, that's a long time ago. Barclay said it was out of control. Ringling said at that, that time. And that was Pesach, I think. That whole, the whole top ring, the whole top row in Barclay Center, they don't, Ringling doesn't even put it for sale. They should. They don't anticipate a crowd. You need a bungee cord that. up there. It's scary. And it's scary in Barclays. Oh, my gosh. And we, we sold it out. They were so, they couldn't believe how many from people came. How many seats are in Webster Bank Arena? It holds 10. And uh, that it'll be sold out. No, I mean, Webster, are, no question. Webster Bank Arena is in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Ellie Gerstner says it's just 90 minutes from Brooklyn. That's how you drive, or how a normal person drives. I, I think every, we're flying right now. No? Everything is ways. Okay. Ah. So well, I, I, I ways it like at 10:30 p.m. Like right. a re- like meaning without traffic. Right. It was less than 90 minutes. Okay. So 90 minutes but from Brooklyn, 60 minutes from Muncie and traffic and drive earlier. There's plenty of things to do there. Is there a parking lot to set up a large sukkah? We have a large sukkah. We do. With kosher food. Large sukkah, there's food, there's <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> there is a pre-show for those who want the all-access ticket, right? They can actually pay to be at the all-access pre-show. Yeah, and yeah. It's, on the it's, floor. It's, part of the, it's part of the deal. And then you walk on the floor. I'm saying you, you walk around. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the thing. Yeah. Any ticket You holder? buy a ticket, you go down there. That's at 1 That's o'clock. Cool. Yeah. At 2 o'clock is the show and the concert, and the finale of the show comes up at 4.30. Right. Correct. Now, uh, I mentioned, we, we, of course, went through some of these details a few minutes ago before Rabbi Yudin addressed us but I wanted to mention something else with you, gentlemen. There are people who actually go ahead and make a two-day adventure of the YBC Ringling show. How do they do that? They go up there Wednesday? What do they do? So right now we have, there's a few hotels that we connected with to make it kosher, minyanim, sukkah, the whole situation. You can go on to our page, chalamoidevents.com or ybclive.com. It takes us to our Jewish ticket stage. Right. Uh, on there, we, we are selling our hotel rooms over there for relatively cheap. Uh, I think it's like 139 a night or something. Um, and that's Wednesday or Thursday night. Yeah, but... You could make it two days yeah, or out of... Everybody's people. asking for Wednesday night because it seems like... The night before. Yeah, people coming Wednesday... Do I know we're act- doing that. Right, uh, do all some activities and then Thursday. Right, and there's the stuff to do in Bridgeport. Right, uh, like right up the block. Where the hotel that we have is uh, a three-minute walk to to the arena. So like you stay in the hotel, you go right to the arena. Um, there's a there's a there's zip lining right there, a couple blocks away. Museum. Mm. I mean, it's it's a no, lot no, of stuff going so on. There's so much to do in Bridgeport. Yeah, Bridgeport. Bridgeport. And for those who never moved, anyone who's <laughs> never been out of Brooklyn. You know, do know that Connecticut does exist. It's a very nice place. <laughs> it's only it's only it's only a, a short distance from Stanford and from all these other places. Right. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's also a ferry. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that's only something that that, that these uh, Rabbanim that run that that are running this organization uh, that they they actually went on the ferry, and they said it was an amazing experience. But those are very limited space, very limited space there. So if, if you're, if it's, I went on a fer- when I was a kid. Uh, that was my whole my trip. Yes, was go on the ferry right. yes. and sit on the ferry, and that was it. Now take the ferry, go there, and um, and you're and you're there. It's like a it's a great you and, know. And that ferry and leaves from straight where? Straight train. Straight, right? There's a train that goes straight there. What, what, what does it say on the poster? Not come on. What does it say? Give me a second, and I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Uh, it says here that you can take the ferry direct from Port Jefferson, Long Island. And there's no reason to drive because you could hop on the Metro North New Haven line and get to the event as well. So I guess you're right. Whether it's train or boat, you got those two uh, modes of transportation covered. Yeah, go straight there. All right. And under 12 is free on the ferry. So 
Group, it's a trip. Groups, tickets, etc. Cholamoidevents.com or 877-9-Cholamoid, 877-924-6542, 877-924-6542. How about a little bit of a choir update? You gentlemen want to tell me what's happening with the uh, young men? So much are? going on. We were so backed up. First, first talk about recordings and stuff. What's being released? What's happening? Ellie's made up a beautiful song that we hope to release soon. As a single? Yeah, so, so we're, we're putting out A now, holiday song? We're or? putting out something that featuring Malcolm Siegel oh, that, that, uh, was, uh, that was uh, recorded a few years ago, and then we've added to it um, a, the next YBC Live show, um, which we're entitling Greatest Hits. And it just has all the past you know, 15 years worth of YBC songs and, and uh, all of our greatest hits. Um, and uh, it's very exciting. And we're releasing, in anticipation of that, we're releasing a new single um, with a music video, and that's going to be, in a few, let's say, in a few weeks from now, and then before Hanukkah, have that DVD come out, which will feature that new single and music video as well. Nice. So that's very exciting. That's all happening very fast, and, and uh, it's just uh, it's a ride. We're already working on the next real album. We've been meeting and, and picking songs, and working. I'm already working on the music that we already picked the songs on, and it's just... We're moving, we're moving. Things are happening. Lots yes. going on. It's not easy to get Yassi in the room. You know, Yassi is uh, the, He's a busy the busiest man. musician. You know, people don't realize is how busy he is. Is he able to audition uh, the kids? Is he able to keep replacing the In between kids? bar mitzvahs. He's like, in between first dance and second dance, every mitzvah, middle of dinner music, he goes into the hallway and says, okay, kids, come audition. This guy is literally Are you every in the day. middle of this process now, or this is not the time of year where you're auditioning kids? I'm always auditioning boys. So, always, always. so what's happening? Have you added a bunch recently? Like what, what's yeah, the, yeah. Baruch Hashem. Beginning of the school year, you added... What, 10, 20, 15, 6, 4? How many? We, we, have right, uh, we have literally close to 100 kids that are like... That we have be like, part of the We car. have right now, like, we call them on standby. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, right now, all the shows that we've been doing have been stages that they won't allow. Like, this in Chicago, for instance, right? They, 20 kids. Like, say, you can't do more. Right. So, like, we've... We're, like, we're... Not to say that the 100 kids are not the most amazing, talented kids in the world, but we have our 20 kids or 25 kids that are like really with us like touring and doing all the stuff and all the you know and all the different places an arena though you know <laughs> get 10,000 people from the audience which is a, it's a crazy uh, thing alright so there's a constant I guess we'd call it what turnover replacements bullpen yeah <laughs> that, that's always being worked on you see auditioning kids every Every single time there's a rehearsal, right. there, uh, there are kids lined up. Is the choir in. dominated by one school right now? Is there one? Or no, we've got it. It's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, we have New Jersey, Brooklyn, five towns, everywhere. All right, so the choir is a nice mix. Yeah. Yeah. YBC will be on stage. You're promising, seriously, that anybody who wants to hear the best hits of the Yeshiva Boys Choir at a live event, it will be at this Bridgeport event. I can't promise that because some guy will say... What do you mean? Uh, you forgot this one. Hashem from YBC One. Like, right. you know no, so but no. the big, the, our, yes. the big ones. Yes, the, the repertoire ones. will be legit. Yes, the ones that 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 the people recognize as our greatest hits. Okay. Yes, they will be there at that show. One o'clock on Thursday, Cholamoid up at Bridgeport is the all-access pre-show. Two o'clock for the show and the concert. Uh, we shouldn't uh, gloss over the fact that Ringling has a nice show prepared as well. Not just Shiva Boy Squire, right? <laughs> Ringling has an amazing show. They've got a good. Have we show. just been talking about YBC? It's a good product, Ringling. Huh? It's if, a good product. If you haven't seen it, anyone out there who hasn't seen it, it is unreal. 
they, you know, I have, and Bailey so much we have to digest. It's I always been the best. Really best digest their show in order to keep it kosher. Right. And I'm t- I've watched it a million times. They, these, they are so talented, oh. and they have it so together. It's the uh, best circus in the world. There's um, nothing to talk about. Show, greatest show ever. Greatest right. show on earth. Yeah. They're, they're phenomenal. I and love this is an amazing show. I After Ellie and I, it's the best circus. <laughs> <laughs> it's really an amazing show. There'll be a large sukkah in the parking lot, and as we described earlier, you could stay over in a nearby luxury hotel for a two-day Cholomoid adventure. Uh, for groups and ticket information, it's 877-9-Cholomoid, 877-924-6542, or cholomoidevents.com. Cholhamoidevents.com for information about all of this. And you can go to JewishTickets.com. If they click on your uh, poster over there, people can get this straight to all the information, etc. All the et information, just click on the poster, and we're there. Yeah. What is this? Uh, is this Mira's Choir going to be there? Is that oh, that's right. Ooh, that would have been... That's it. No, I just noticed their logo on the poster. Z- Z- well, it's because a nice logo, so we'd right. like to put it on there. Uh, Zmir's Choir, yes. We Do want they perform with w- your we're choir? Having, no, we're having... We also want, throughout the whole process, again, the circus always plays... Music, let's say before the show and after right. the show, middle of the show. Anytime there's filler time, um, we're having live simchas yamtiv, you know, music just being played live. Um, and Zmir's choir, uh, they're phenomenal. Um, and they've been touring with with me and and Shweki and with uh, you know with, oh, with Camp Pask. They're part of the show, so we got to know each other. and got really f- into it, and I, I told them we're doing this, and they said, well, how can we? How do we get involved? They're there, and they're going to be great. Which leads to my next question I thought of earlier this week. Are you still involved with the upcoming Hask podcast? Yes, I am. I'm asking for two reasons, you know. Reason number one, people are curious if Jakob Schwecki is still part of this tour, so to speak, that's going to be, I assume, continuing in January. So that's, I don't know if you could answer that now or not. Right. Well, what I could answer right. is that the tour is continuing. We're still doing a few other cities. Right. and. The weird part of it is that there's going to be some cities that are going to overlap with the January New York show. Right. Just because they've been booked well, why not? for months before. Right. I'm saying, no, as far as like, you know, the, the logos and the ads ah, and stuff like that. Right. So it still looks like the old one, but there's right. new ones coming up. But in those cities, that's Correct. fine. That's the show, right. Um, Chicago was amazing. I mean, Yossi was there. Chicago was off the well, charts. was choir. It, it was A.B. Rottenberg. And just a beautiful place. It was just such a nice experience. And they're so nice, you know. And uh, I, and uh, they raised, Baruch Hashem, great money for both organizations. Beautiful for Keshet and for, and for Camp Ask. And, uh, and we're already talking about next year. It's like a show, it was such a great experience. And yeah, and Hask 30 is coming up. Hask 30, it's a big one. Jan- Hask 30. January will be 30. Yeah, I'm now, wow. now, the other thing is, if you look carefully at the calendar, yes, the day that's traditionally the Hask day, and I think this happened once before, Sarbateves. is the Sarbateves. Right. W- will that mean you're looking to move it, or you nonetheless would still go ahead with that date, or you don't know yet? No, we, 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 we do have a date. Um, I can get shot. I don't know. We'll find out. January 15th. Oh, the 17th, you mean? Uh, 15th, January 15th. So the Sunday. 8th is the Sarbat Yeah, it's the... January 15th is the Sunday. All better be your own. I'm pulling out the calendars. <laughs> why do I calendar think the, time. Why do I think the 10th is the Sunday? I could be wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. The, the week the week before is uh, a Sarbat Right. And the week before that is Hanukkah. All I mean, right, so you, so you are going to wait until uh, the following week to actually present the show. Yeah, and, and, and what, what's, what's great about it is, and I guess that's why the date is fine already, people have yeah, already... January 15th, you're right. People yeah. have already bought tickets, right. like Camp Ask already said, right. how people are calling you already and pre, pre-buying. It's All right, so January show. 15th, it's official. Yeah, I'm working on it now, every day. It's, I uh, can imagine. All right, show. we have 10 seconds left. YBC, Ringling Brothers, Thursday, Holomite, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Gentlemen, I thank you both very much, and I thank these two gentlemen... 
because they said what I expect everybody to say, and that is let us know what we could do to help continue to build the Nahum Siegel Network, and I appreciate Absolutely. both of you for that. Ellie Gerstner, Jesse Newman, a wonderful yuntif, and enjoy Thursday up in Thank you to all the boys and all the parents That's working right. so hard. Thank That's you. right. And thank you, Gourmet Glot. I forgot to mention that. Ah, thank Gourmet, Gourmet Glot. the greatest. Yes, they are. They're amazing. They're John amazing, and they're going to have a nice big section Shut over it. there at Ringling, so... Ringside. Time is taken. <laughs> Shabbos. Candle lighting at 5.57 on this Arab Shabbos. Parshas Hazinu. Here's Journeys at JM in the AM. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw
Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 and the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. In the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Hey, want to wish a mazel tov to Rabbi Larry and Chaviva Rothwax on the engagement of their daughter Shani to Yisrael Benevitz, son of Rabbi Mrs. Moshe Benevitz. Mazal tov to uh, all the grandparents and, of course, to Rabbi and Mrs. Sheva Yudin. Mazal tov uh, from all of us uh, here at JM in the AM. Wraps up the week. Don't forget the Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night. Naomi Nachman next with um, Table for Two, followed by the Kedem presentation of our Arab Shabbos music mix all day long. Mat this Sunday morning with JM Sunday, and Wednesday we are back on the first day of Cholomoid outside of Israel. Have a wonderful Shabbos, a wonderful Chag. Until uh, next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.